are listening to the Traditional Outdoors Podcast. Welcome to the Traditional Outdoors Podcast. My hog hunting partner in crime. How are you, Mr. Jorgensen? I am doing fantastic. How are you doing, Steve? Doing well. I am wishing I was still back in South Georgia. And in fact, uh, for a brief part of the first part of this week, I actually was seriously planning on heading back down um, this afternoon. And a couple things just kind of got in the way and it didn't make a lot of sense. Mainly, I couldn't, from for multiple reasons, I couldn't board Bella's cats again. For those that don't know, my daughter still has two cats. One of those cats is now diabetic. I have to give it shots twice a day. So whenever I go out of town, I have to board the cats. And, you know, part of it was just I, I felt bad about putting them right back in boarding after they were in boarding for 10 days. And part of it is it's not cheap. So I ended up deciding that I was going to stay home and either do some scouting or maybe a little fly fishing tomorrow. Um, and then lo and behold, I called Jerry Russell uh, earlier today to see if he wanted to get out and do a little scouting on Chattahoochee National Forest. And that turned into I'm going striper fishing with Jerry tomorrow. <laughs> so, oh, that's uh, awesome. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I really am. Uh, and I, I felt a little bit bad. I think Jason's back in, in Georgia now, and he was actually going to swing over and, and sync up with me on one of the WMAs we hunted. And I just had told him I, I can't do it. So, um, I'm going to try to catch up with and hunt with Jason some on uh, Fort Stewart next month. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And then April, I'm already talking to Mr. Robert Carter, who we'll talk about a little bit more in a minute, but. Um, I'm going to head down sometime in April and hunt with RC a couple of days, uh, in the afternoon and, and probably just stay through the rest of the week and, and hunt the weekend then. So I will be definitely getting back down and chasing pigs again. Um, I feel like I, I really got my sea legs this time, uh, as opposed to when we hunted the same area in 2020, but we'll talk a little bit more as we get into it. How, how's the week been for you since getting back? Well, you know, work's going pretty good and uh, got a nice little blizzard and ice storm that blew through. I think it was 16 degrees this morning. And uh, I was just trying to find reasons that I shouldn't throw my tent in the car <laughs> and drive back down to South Georgia. And uh, yeah, I had a real hard time figuring out any reason I should stay here. Uh, but then that dusting of... Uh, real powdery snow, I realized that when squirrels run down these branches, they're knocking snow everywhere when they do it. So I might go back out for squirrels tomorrow. <laughs> that sounds like fun too. Not as fun as hog hunting, but uh, yeah. what do you do? Wow. It's a long drive. Yeah. And you know, I will, I will open this up and then we'll, we'll kind of get in that whole week was a bit of a whirlwind with everything that took place but i will say once again just a, a fantastic camp fantastic group of people and we're going to talk mm -hmm. about some of the some of the goings on uh last week but i can truthfully say even though i will get to hog hunt some more before um next year's camp hambush that uh i i'm already looking forward to it again just some great people to be around, lots of laughs, lots of good camaraderie. Um, yeah, you just couldn't ask for a better, better bunch of people. Yeah, agreed. Where were we going to so, start? 
So I, you know, I, let's start with. Um, so you you drove down uh, last Friday and mm-hmm. and ended up at my house. I don't know. I think it was about eight thirty nine o'clock, roughly. Um, and then because uh, we weren't supposed to be in, we weren't supposed to check in to our cabin down at the at the state park until Sunday. So we had a day to kill, and we had bounced around some ideas about maybe look going chasing some some hogs here in North Georgia, which is difficult at best, um, much more difficult, I think, than, than the lowland hogs. But uh, I hadn't been out on public land much at all in the last couple of years. Um, so we ended up scratching that idea, but there is a, uh, a WMA fairly local to me within an hour that actually has a, a public all day every day archery range that's open so we decided to go up there and and fling some arrows around and i wished i'd i didn't i didn't actually think about it what we should have done we should have stepped every one of them off and and then just come up with an average range but would you say it's fair to say the average range on those targets is probably 30 yards yep every bit of that yeah and a lot of a lot of 40s 50s and a couple of 60s and 70s yeah. not but i'm very not trad focused very, no it's definitely not it's definitely not trad focused it's it's definitely focused towards the the compound guys but we, we i think we gave a pretty fair show and we walked out of there without losing a single arrow yeah. um and i think for the most part we we fared pretty well the ones that we missed we missed way short <laughs> yeah we didn't shoot over many uh, no i don't think we any didn't shoot over, yeah i don't know we didn't shoot over any we we stuck a few in the hooves <laughs> we might have stuck one or two in the leg but really honestly i'm joking about it i think i was actually surprised especially when we did shoot the course twice the second time around, we were dialed in pretty good for those ranges. Now, would I would I hunt at those ranges? No way. No. no, no way. But as far as just actually going out and being able to to not only touch foam but put a lot of arrows inside the you know inside the kill zone at those ranges, I think we did pretty pretty good. Yeah. No, I I, I think we did very well, all things considered. Um. Yeah, I mean, especially hitting. Hitting the shots we were hitting on those, you know, 45, 50, 60 yard targets. That was, that was pretty good. <laughs> now, not, not, now, I'm a humble guy, but I mean, no, we did, we did pretty good. In all fairness, the 60 and 70 yard targets were some big targets. Oh, yeah. There, you know, what was it? Moose, uh, we had a caribou, caribou, we had a moose and elk. Yeah. yeah so, but it was, tw- was it 23? Is that what we finally found? I think it was 23 targets and we shot it twice. Yep. So I tell we, you what, we what a great a lot opportunity. I mean, you know, you, you, you pay for your hunting license and it goes in and it funds, you know, the, uh, uh, you know, the money to, to, to upkeep it and it's out there for people to use. I mean, Love that about Georgia. That was a, a great range for being able to walk on and just shoot it, you know, for having your, your stamp or your hunting license fee paid. That was awesome. 
Yeah, it's the, actually it's the first time I've I've shot it as well, and I I will probably be headed back up there, you know, sometime over the course of the year, because uh, it was a lot of fun, right? Um, I've known about it. I've actually hunted on that WMA, not too far from where the range is, but I've never shot the range, so it was a lot of fun for me too. But I will definitely be going back. Um, and then we left the range and headed to a different track. So this is a, a bit of a bittersweet story. And by the time this airs, I will have already uh, published the video to, to Traditional Outdoors YouTube channel. If you listen to this, please go check out the Traditional Outdoors YouTube channel and subscribe. Where the the channel's actually getting really close to a thousand, and I'd like to skip right by a thousand and and keep going subscribers. So uh, right now, just go do that real quick while you're listening. But anyway, uh, I had placed a camera last January. I think I placed it on the twenty third of January, um, and roughly a week after that was when uh, Lori had had her uh, PET scan to see how the chemo was working. And basically, as our, our lives came unraveled a second time, I'll just leave it at that. They, that's when they told us that not only was the chemo not working, but she had a very um, rare mutation in her, her cancer cells that only occurs in 5% of, of colon cancers. And at that time, they, they gave her an estimation of perhaps two years, and obviously, uh, she really only survived another seven months, I think. Um, but anyway, in the midst of all that, uh, I never went back and got the camera. And it was very low on my priority list at the time, to be perfectly honest. But I had been thinking about it, and it was in a pretty remote location. Um, when I placed it, a local... Um, kid in my neighborhood he actually mows my yard and he had been wanting to out, get out and do some scouting and uh, I haven't been able to get him to go with me again since I think I pretty much walked him into the ground but um, <laughs> we, it was a hike and it you know it, it, it's obviously in North Georgia so it's you know it's rather it's rather mountainous hilly I won't call it mountainous but it's hilly but anyway um, so we to get to this thing you have to cross a pretty pretty decent stream uh, leave it at that. I'm not giving away my locations, people. So if you're hoping to figure this out, good luck. Um, and I only, I had one pair of disposable, not disposable, but of, um, lightweight hip boots that I could slip on over my boots. And initially I thought, well, I could get across and I could throw them back across to you. And now too wide for that, uh, miscalculated there. So Tom, you guarded, you guarded my, my pack while I went and retrieved this camera into parts unknown so even tom doesn't know where this this place is but it was a good plan <laughs> uh now that you mentioned it i was pretty smart yeah, anyway so i, re- I go and re- I get there and lo and behold the camera is still there i i shot you a text of a, a picture of the trail and i think as soon as you saw it you were like holy crap um so i retrieved the camera I thought when I retrieved it, the batteries were dead, but that wasn't the case. It obviously just turned off before I saw it, the, the display light up. But um, get back into, into 
car and we're driving home and and all Tom can talk about is well it's going to be movie night and at this point I had no idea if the camera had anything on it it was a a cheap $29 camera and I I really don't like giving product names but it rhymes with wildlife innovations um camera that I picked up a three pack of and I you know honestly when I set this camera I set it with a purpose of if somebody finds it and steals it I'm out less than 30 bucks. So I get back to the house and uh, I pop out the SD card and just threw it into a, a reader from my laptop real quick. And lo and behold, there's 668 15 second video clips on this camera. It's also one of the few cameras I've ever placed that I left in video mode. So Tom's prediction for movie night was correct. We, <laughs> We, we throw this thing into a reader and stick it in the TV. And we sat and watched video clips for over three hours. Yeah, it was a um, double feature. Yeah, it was long. We had time to not only cook dinner, but eat dinner and get way, way too sleepy watching these things. The surprising part, there were maybe four video segments that was either humans or local canines and then there was another well i'll put it this way after i went in and cleaned out all the videos that were either false triggers or a late trigger where you could only see like the butt of an animal walk by and a few that included dogs and and a, and one human i still ended up with 558 i believe video clips mm-hmm. um and then i spent quite a few nights for hours at my computer editing those individual 15 second clips to strip out as much you know, just white noise that I'll call it white noise. It was basically an animal had walked through and then there was nothing else happening until the 15 seconds was up. So I trimmed out all of that and I can't remember the length of the video, but it's still well in excess of one hour, even after all that. And there's some cool stuff in it. Very big black bear, um, Huge. Ton- tons of Turkey, mostly white tails. I would say it's probably 75 to 80% white tails. Um, the coolest video on the the clip on the whole thing was the bobcat sharpening its claws on a on a tree with a white-tailed doe standing underneath it. Like, what the heck do you think you're doing in my domain? It was really cool. So, cool. so if you haven't seen that video, go check it out. It's really cool, and I've I've started putting some some timestamps for some of the really cool stuff, and I'll keep adding to that uh, over time. So, uh, but then the next morning. We actually did. I'd love to say we got up bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and headed down to hog camp, but we didn't. We got up bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, but we sat around drinking coffee and and uh, just kind of chatting and carrying on till about noon, and then we headed to hog camp. Yeah, we, we had a, a short ways to go and a long time to get there, so may as well enjoy the coffee. And I must admit, Tom, I was in for a pretty big surprise when, when we got there and we stayed on the same park that we did in 2020, mm-hmm. but I get there and I, I'll be honest, I was I was really disappointed that you had stuck us in such a shabby cabin for accommodations. Um, Got to set a low bar. I, I, I don't know how we survived, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't even know if we should talk about it. I don't know. It was it was absurd. Well, 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 if I don't talk about it, I don't get to make fun of Monsignor Rick uh, Butler. <laughs> so, 
<laughs> El Capitan. Yeah. The Admiral's uh, Ward. Mon- Monsieur Rick got... Oh, my goodness. So this this cabin, we walk into it, and it's just unreal. The When you walk into the main door, you walk into a, a, a short foyer, but then you've got this huge living meeting living room meeting space whatever you want to call it which is really attached to the kitchen so the whole center of this thing is wide open and i mean it is a enormous the table the table in this uh cabin we sat 11 people around that table comfortably to eat every night pretty much every night i think it was 11 wasn't it it was 11 yeah it was like medieval yeah. it was a giant table and then you go into let, well. Let's talk about the peons' bedrooms first. So, oh, ours. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we had what were they? Were they twins or queen queens. beds in those rooms? Two queens. So two two queen beds in two separate rooms. So yep. I got a queen. You got a queen bed. Ryan got a queen bed. John got a queen bed. Both had their own attached bathrooms with dual sinks and vanities and all this. Just insanely insanely comfortable and and roomy Mm -hmm. and then you walk over to rick's room that man should be ashamed that (laughs) that that he that he allowed us to stay in that room by himself uh yeah it was insane i was just it's bigger than the room in my house the master bedroom in my house me too wow it was absurd king at least a king uh, then there was the seating room with the TV off to the side. <laughs> oh, yeah. And each room had, what, 55-inch TVs in it? Something like that. I don't know. We never turned Which, them on. We ne- never <laughs> turned them on. <laughs> I, I, I arrived in camp the night of the Super Bowl and never turned the TV on. I loved it. What's a Super Bowl? Yeah, exactly. Well, I could tell you, but I try to keep yeah, the podcast right. clean. Uh, but anyway, it was uh, it was phenomenal. It was ridiculously um, and, nice, yeah. And and huge for a kitchen full week, ridiculously. If uh, it, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't want to say cheap, but cost effective. Yeah, and we'll leave it at that. Oh yeah, no, it's uh, <clears throat> not bad at all. You know, that's the thing. Like you look at these state parks, and a lot of them you can reserve cabins, cottages, yurts, something, either six months or a year out. And I have done state parks where I, you know, put up my tent and stayed there and it's great, but it's awful nice to be able to lock the door when you leave and know all your stuff will be there and have, uh, you know, refrigerator, freezer, full stove, dishwasher. I mean, my, nobody, I don't use my dishwasher. I've got one, but just. If you're going to have 11 plates and 11 forks and 11 knives and 11 glasses and 11 coffee cups, it's nice that somebody doesn't have to wash all that every night. So just little stuff gives you more time to hunt. And that's what it's all about. <laughs> you bet. And and I'll be honest, Tom, you know, you're, you're talking about being able to lock stuff up. And yes, there's definitely stuff that I carry with me that I want them to know is under lock and key, but... Heck, I left the jet sled out of my pickup once we started, you know, shuffling four people back and forth or five instead of instead of just you and I in my pickup. I left that thing sitting on the porch of that cabin for what three or four days oh, with yeah. all kinds of stuff in it and didn't worry about it one second. So it's 
again, really cool, really cool accommodations. You did well, sir. Well, thank you very much. I will probably get stuck with that task again next year, but happy to do so. Yeah, which we probably ought to start planning on here pretty soon. Before this airs. It, before this <laughs> airs. Yeah, there you go. So I do want to get into the hunting, and I know that's probably what a lot of people are wanting to hear about. But before we do that, I do also want to say we ate like absolute kings. And, and that was due to the hard work of several people in camp. Uh, Tom and I. Tom and I chose to to work smarter, not harder, and I'll get to that in a second when it came to to food. But, uh, you know, we had – I'm going to try to go through the menu, Tom, and you're going to have to keep me honest because I'll probably end up skipping somebody or a day. But we had – so the first night in camp, uh, Doug's wife, Kathy, had fixed, and I'm not sure if Doug helped too. So, if Doug, if you helped, I'm not trying to insult you here. But uh, we had sausage and kale pasta, which was – absolutely phenomenal and i don't like kale but it was it was, oh, it was superb good. so good um i'm trying to remember what we had night two venison chili venison chili that's right really Great. good it was really good chili and we had a plethora of that um but yes rick did the chili then we had cat did tacos so yep. we had well, she keeps calling them tacos, but everybody ate it like burritos, which just worked out a lot better to me anyway. But it was so – in fact, it was so good that I ended up eating – well, we'll get to our night here in a minute. But I ended up eating again later that week, and then Cat was nice enough to give what was left to me, and I brought it home, and I had that again um, – was it su- Sunday night after I got home? Yeah. So the tacos were really good. A big, giant crock pot full of – uh, Mexican pork, like how do you lose? And then she also did the homemade salsa, the guacamole. Fantastic, love that, love that dinner. So I'm, uh, <clears throat> I'm still eating the salsa. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> um, and then let's see, Ryan did. I can't miss. Was it Mississippi pot roast? Pot Is that roast. what he called? Yep. And that was. That was phenomenal, and he also did. Yeah, it was really good. I, I, you know, you think about pot roast being really healthy, and something tells me after I heard some of the ingredients that he put in that, that it wasn't exactly healthy or fat free, but it was really, really good. Don't want to know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, don't ask. <laughs> uh, and then he also did kale and Brussels sprouts, which I am very proud to say I got a, a pretty good size helping of, and. It was good as well. So I ate kale twice last week, and normally if you mentioned kale, I would throw rocks at you, but it was it was very, very good. Um, next night we had uh, the Sheehens did turkey and potatoes, and I don't remember what all else they had, but God, that was phenomenal too. Somewhere right around there we had uh, John did the uh, chicken risotto yep i'm sorry you're right john did the risotto well i'm trying to remember which order it was in that doesn't matter doesn't the risotto matter. was fantastic good i mean it was really good a lot of it and i think then, i think that could have served uh 30 troops i mean that was that was a a lot it's it a hearty a meal a lot of food which brings us to which brings us to saturday night which you and i were responsible for and we did a really good job, Tom. I mean, everybody 
got their fill. We serve leftovers from the rest of the week. You know, my hope my hope in starting this podcast is we wouldn't make it so obvious that we totally just bagged out, but uh, we pretty much did. Yeah. Well, you know, here's the thing. We know from we know from previous experience everybody's going to do more food than we really need. And I will tell you what, here's what we need to do now, Tom. We need to start planning whatever we're going to do next year, and we'll give somebody else the night off and let them do leftovers. So, uh, All right. Yeah, that I, sounds good. Uh, we'll, we'll figure out something. Good karma. So, I'm a fan. So the one thing I will say about the hunting this year, um, before we get in, into the actual – uh, walking through some of the activities that week in the wo- in the in the woods in the swamp in the drainages whatever you want to call it, we didn't have the flooding we had in 2020 um, or 2021. And, yeah, well, and I didn't make it in 2021 due to you know Lori's right. situation, um, and I know there was a lot of people that bowed out that year because of COVID. So it was in it ended up being just you. It was a limited and, crew, but yeah, you know we were we were flooded out for two years. And, and really the only thing I really would say to that is I don't feel like, I really don't feel like I got the chance to learn much the first year. It was kind of like the only thing you could really do was go to places that weren't underwater. Um, I mean, that was the hunting strategy, right? Yeah. Um, and there were, there were some, but very few hogs seen. I don't think I saw a single hog in 2020, which was really, really frustrating. If I did, it was a fleeting glimpse or something, but I don't, I don't think I saw a hog in 2020. I got uh, into hogs two days, saw oh, maybe a dozen the first day, maybe a dozen the third day. So, but it was tough, right? I mean, they're fleeing floodwaters and trying to get to higher ground and catching them on the move. I think I probably saw more than anybody. I'm not sure. And I would dare say that as far as what you and I hunted this past week, um, all but one day, everywhere that I hunted would have been completely flooded in 2020. You couldn't even, I mean, you couldn't hunt it. It was, you would have been, you would have had to have chest waders to hunt it. It was that deep. So. And the hogs wouldn't be there. Yeah. Right. And the hogs wouldn't be there. So, you know, this year it was a couple things for me. I really was looking forward to getting in and, and hunting what I had anticipated to hunt like in 2020 and really try to try to learn some things about, you know, what could be repeatable year after year. Now, obviously, we could go back next year and it could be flooded again. But mm-hmm. if it's not flooded, I do think we have got um, a pretty good idea of places that we could start right out of the gate hitting harder the next time we go and probably probably have some pretty good success. Now, that said and you and I have talked about this a little bit, you know, um, I think the world of Jason and Jason, Jason's a killing machine, but I would, I would just, I will add a little bit of caution to state that, you know, if you, if you hear about somebody that goes and hunts in, in Georgia for pigs that comes back empty handed, 
Or if you plan a trip yourself and you come down here, don't expect the pigs are going to be running everywhere and all you got to do is just shoot an arrow and it eventually is going to hit a pig. They're, they're hard to hunt. And we had people in our party of nine people that didn't see pigs until Thursday. Uh, I yeah. think it was Thursday. Most of them. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's, you know, I feel like I was pretty lucky because I got into hogs literally almost right out of the truck. Well, I'll jump into that in a second, but it's, it's not easy hunting. You're going to do a lot of walking. We were, we hunted all but one day. And I can't speak for everybody. I can only speak for you and I. But we hunted literally from eight thirty nine o'clock until dark, all but one day. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I mean, we were we were hunting hard. From a mileage perspective, we were averaging six to seven miles a day. And before anybody says, "Well, that's too much," half of that's deadheading back to the vehicle. Okay, so you're still hunting three three and a half miles for the majority of the day. And then you're doing a, I would say a quick walk, but you're pretty exhausted. You're walking as quickly as you can the three and a half miles straight back to the vehicle. So keep that in mind. But I mean, we were covering a lot of ground. Um, And my my tracks were averaging like 0.2 miles an hour. Yeah, we were going really slow slow. for the, for the hunt. Right. Um, So anyway, just again, you know, anybody wants to get out and enjoy hunting off season, you know, strongly suggested. It's it's fantastic, Heck but yeah. at the same time, it's not it's not a sure thing, and it's it's definitely not easy. You're gonna you're gonna put in some time. Now, somebody like like Jason that's now living half the year in Georgia, definitely Robert Carter. I mean, you know, Robert can pretty much say, and I'm, I'll say this a bit facetiously, Robert can get out of the truck and go, "Oh, there's hogs right over there. Just head the woods and you'll find them." And he's <laughs> he's usually right. But he spends a lot of time doing it. He really does. Um, mm-hmm. And big shout out to Robert. He came out again on Wednesday or Thursday. I can't remember which day it was now. And I think it was Thursday and, and synced up with us and, and gave some pointers to, to some of the guys and took some of you know the group out. And they got into pigs for the first time that whole week. And I can't say thank you enough for that. Mr. Carter, but if you're listening to this, it's already been decided. You've got an open invitation next next year. Um, I will talk to you about it later, but we would love for you and your wife to join us at the at the park for dinner one night and sit around and and eat and fellowship and have a good old time. So that's an open invitation, Robert. If you listen to this, but I'll I'll talk to you about it on the side as well. So any night that Stephen Tom are cooking. Okay, even uh, that night's okay. <laughs> Man, I, I've I've had to force myself. I've gotten where I, I if I have to cook, I can cook. I'd Thank much rather have somebody cook for me, but <laughs> but I can't cook. Now you're um. Think I I think that's important. You know, from a a, a perspective. Um, I mean, I've done a i've got i've got a number of days of field hunting pigs i feel pretty comfortable with it and i didn't see a pig uh last year i saw one and in the first three full days even from early in the morning till you know the very last waning seconds of daylight um and i was going to the same place in the same truck and getting out with you 
Um, so I, yeah, I, I, I love hog hunting and it's a, it, it's a wonderful opportunity. And, um, I do think that some people might have high expectations of, of getting right into good action. And, um, it's hunting, it's tough hunting and it, it's, you know, hunting public land. So, um, I think your point's a good one. Well, and you did, I mean, you hunted more, I think you probably hunted more at, at wild things than anybody I know. And, you know, that was at least, I would say 50% of the hunting done there was hunting over, over feeders. And not everybody, not everybody got a, well, a lot of hunts that I was on, people didn't even get shots at pigs. And that's, you know, that's with a completely different set of circumstances in getting out and hunting them on public land. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just, you know, it's I, I, as much as I would encourage people that it is a lot of fun. I, I at the same time, I would say, you know, don't think you're just going to come down hop out of the vehicle and, and shoot something and go home. It's, it's, it's much more challenging than that. Not, not laying down three a day. Well, that's well, Yeah, that's right. And I think the, the one day that you got into pigs was the one day I didn't see True. pigs. And I will tell everybody, it got to the point where I actually started trying to catch him on my phone and video because I felt like people thought I was lying to them. But I had a really, I was telling Jason this on Facebook today, I'd rather be lucky than good any day. And I had a very lucky week last week. So I, I managed to get into pigs about all but one day. And, uh, and it still wasn't flinging arrows. So just because you see them, that's the other thing. It doesn't mean you're going to get a shot at them. But, but anyway, anyway, um, we'll jump into we'll jump into day one first. Um, fan out. You want you want fan? <laughs> <laughs> we took off, uh, boy, pretty much right after coffee. Um, and here's one thing, right? Going back to the thing about. Uh, you know, you can't assume you're going to see pigs. Uh, 2020, we were covering pretty heavily seven different WMAs and we're sometimes driving over an hour, probably usually driving over an hour, uh, twice a day. Um, 2021, those of us that were there, uh, 40 minutes to an hour every day. Um, and I think we did probably over an hour. Well, I know it was over an hour to the closest one and the farther one was even more than that. So, you know, right. we had to get, get going, uh, pretty early pack, pack food. Uh, and when we stepped out, we didn't know if we would be getting back to the truck on any given day, depending on what the wind and the hogs were doing. So yeah, those were, those were good days. So yeah, first day, uh, I think you picked the spot the first day, if I'm not mistaken. I did because the previous time I was in 2020, when I was down, it was just a section that I felt from what I could get close enough that I could see out into it and see that it was an area that I really wanted to hunt, but it was flooded. So I couldn't hunt it. Um, so it was, um, it was between a, a, a creek that drains right into the river on the WMA and there was a section of woods from the creek to this road that pretty much ran parallel to the creek 
and I couldn't hunt anything on the left side, which is what we hunted. I had to hunt on the right side, and the only thing I found was a, a about a five and a half foot diamondback rattlesnake that that morning. But uh, I've been wanting to hunt it since since 2020. So yeah, we we started there, and um, I actually remember the last thing I said to you as we split up was uh, if we if we got into a place where we could where we could see each other if we were weren't spread out too far if it wasn't too thick I really wanted to judge my speed because I said I want to really slow it down Um, (laughs) I want to I want to still hunt this very slow I tried to make a mental note of I would at least scan with my my binos at least every 10 feet um, which I didn't always do but most of the time I did, the only time I wouldn't do it if it was just a, a situation where it was just too open and it wasn't, there really wasn't a need to, uh, to scan. But anyway, um, I don't think it was an hour before I sent you the text. So I got into pigs pretty quickly. I know when I first entered the woods, it was, it was um, a lot of pines and I moved through those pines pretty quickly. And then once it once it kind of opened up and you had a scattering of, of palmettas and so forth, I really started slowing down and scanning. And I actually picked those pigs up in my binos probably 100 yards away, 80 to 100 yards away. And I did what I've done in the past, even like on Andrew's place. As soon as I saw them, I pretty much went into a dead sprint, uh, you know, keeping – keeping trees between me and them as best I could, but moving pretty quickly. Their eyesight's just not that great. Um, my problem was I closed the distance too quick, quicker than I anticipated, and all of a sudden I realized I've got hogs at, at 15, 20, 15 to 20 yards from me, and they're they're not they're feeding, but they're moving pretty quickly, and I really didn't have a chance to, I don't know. I could say I didn't have a chance to get set up. I probably got a little bit like, oh, crap, there's pigs. <laughs> a, little bit, a little bit of that syndrome. Um, so I, I found a little bit of cover and I set up. You know, looking back, I probably should have got a little bit more cover or maybe tried to circle around to get to one side where I could still keep the wind in my favor. But be that as it may, here I am all of a sudden. I've got, I think it was 12 pigs in that group that I counted um, and then there were some smaller ones that I didn't even bother counting. And they're like on top of me, like before I can, before I'm really ready. Uh, so I crouch down, I've got my bow about at half draw waiting on the shot. I've got two fairly decent, I would say they're one to one and a quarter, 100 and a quarter, 125 pounds in front of me. They're, they're feeding from the left to the right in front of me. I know I'm going to get a broadside shot, so I'm just waiting. And the first, it was a solid black pig, stepped into the opening, and I hit anchor, and right, as, I mean, it was it's so weird. I felt the string slip from my finger, and I hear a little football-sized pig to my left had spotted me and squealed and took off right as that arrow slipped from my fingers and that pig, every well, it they all exploded, right? Pigs are a lot like yep. birds. When one panics, they all are gone. And the shot was absolutely perfect, and I knew it was going to hit back um, because that. I mean, the hog didn't have to move, but you know, eight inches, and it did. And 
you know, the shot went right through the hams. Um, little, little forward, and I think maybe a little low. So, anyway, the hog ran over 15 yards, turned around, staring back my direction, and I actually managed to get another arrow knocked and was drawing, hoping to launch. I was going to launch another arrow at 30 yards. At this point, I knew I'd already hit it. Um, but it, it, it turned and took off before I got a chance. Um, so I sent you a text and I think I told you to keep hunting that I was just going to look that I knew it was a bad hit. And of course you didn't, you, you said, I'm on my way. Send me a pen. Um, I found a, we found a good bit of blood right where the, the pig stopped and stood for a few minutes. Um, then the blood got really sparse and we still probably trailed that hog a good, I don't know what, hundred yards, 150 yeah, it's, yards. It's a little over a hundred. Yeah. Um, found the arrow. The arrow did not have as best we could tell, had no stomach material or, or oh. gut material on it. So, you know, I'm thinking it was a low hit through the legs and based on what we saw, I'm, I'm about 95% confident that pig's probably still eating today. Sore, but probably still eating. Um, so, yeah, it started off on a bit of a, well, it started off on a great note and it ended on a little bit of a sour note that, that first day. But uh, I remember the one thing you sent me was the little screenshot of where you were at just before the shot. And I, my reply was, you're in the perfect zone. Like that was the last thing I sent you. And then the next thing you said is got a shot. Um, man, we saw some beautiful country though, as we followed, as we were back trailing those hogs and, um, just beautiful bedding, tons of scat, great cover. Pretty easy, you know, once you got into that sign to figure out what they were doing. Yep. Yep. That was encouraging. And, and it, it helped a lot with making our plan for the week. Well, it did because it eventually led to another section that you hunted just after that, which led to another day of hunting. Um, that, that one hunt that morning probably led to, I don't know, three or four different hunts the rest of the week. And while they didn't produce, they didn't produce hogs. I can guarantee you, one of us will kill a hog there in a in a subsequent year. I mean, it, oh, sure. it just everything about the areas that we hunted through after that were great. And I ended up seeing a couple of hogs three or four days later when we hunted that same section on the other side of the creek. I mean, I couldn't mm -hmm. shoot, but the hogs are definitely working in that area. So uh, I I know I will be looking forward to hunting it the next time we go. Oh yeah, me too. Um, so yeah, I mean, a little bit of a sour note, but yeah. you know, we, like you said, we saw some, we really did see some, some, some pretty country and found a ton of sign following that. Um, and I really, you know, from my perspective, I don't guess we really, I'm trying to remember how the rest of the week went. So we headed to a different WMA. We hunted that WMA two days in a row. On Wednesday, we went to a different WMA. Um, me, you, Cat, uh, and Ryan went to this different WMA, and we kind of split up. Um, 
And I remember, I'm trying to think. I don't think we saw, we saw some hogs that, no, that was, okay, so yeah, now I'm remembering. So I can't speak for you and Ryan, and I don't want this to be the this the Steve's Pig pig Show, but I know Kat and I, so <laughs> Kat and I took one section of this WMA, and you and Ryan went a little bit further down, was kind of hunting the same general area, but uh, to the, what would that have been, to the west of where we were? Yeah, we were west. He yeah. hugged the creek, and I worked my way halfway back to you guys, and I set up in a choke point just about the time thinking you guys might run something past me. And and you left too early. After I didn't <laughs> see you, uh, there was a really good-looking low country out there, a lot of palmettos and rooting, and I could see it all in my binoculars. So I took off from there about 20 minutes too soon, and spent the well up till dark stumbling around in the palmettos and wading through the swamp. So you had something different happen. Well, so Cat and I are actually, and I was, you know, I had not hunted with Cat. Cat's been in camp. I have not hunted with her. Uh, so, you know, this, this was the first time I had hunted with her. And I'll, I'll admit, and I even told her this, you know, I, the first thing I wanted to do was kind of, you know, get used to hunting um, with somebody I'd never hunted before. And uh, I was probably being a bit more of a mentor than I really needed to be, but I didn't know that at the time. So we're pushing through this section of palmettos. It's, it's, it's a creek drainage. It's, it's wet, but it's not too wet. Lots of hog sign. And we've been going for probably a few hundred yards. And I finally just said, cat, you take the lead. Um, I'm just going to kind of hang back and, and follow you and I'll glass. You just kind of, you know, keep moving forward. And we went another couple hundred yards and we didn't know that you were perched on a, on a point, not too far ahead of us. And I would love to tell you that I had this premonition sixth sense or that I, I heard these hogs off in the distance, but it'd be complete BS. I told Cat I pointed to a, an opening that I could see in these, in the hardwoods outside of this Creek bottom. And I, I said, let's just kind of slowly work our way in that direction and we'll find a nice spot and we'll sit down and and have some water and have a snack, and then we'll figure out what we're going to do from here. And our plan was to actually hunt back through those hardwoods and some pines back to the truck. So we get to this little area, we sit down, and we've been wearing rubber boots all morning, and I learned this trick from you the first day. I just slid <laughs> my rubber boots off and my my wool, my heavy wool socks and kind of draped those over a, a stick or something to let my feet just air out of those got off of rubber boots for a few minutes and uh it's i had a, a nickel love this i had my trusty pack of lance toasty crackers in my pack so i break those out and i start eating crackers and cat and i are sitting there we're not talking loud but we're you know we're talking and all of a sudden i heard the unmistakable sound of pig squealing behind us and i looked at cat and i said that's pigs and Cat's already up and moving. She's. She, it looked like she was picking up her bow and pulling her boots on it in one one movement, and I didn't even do that. I just grabbed my bow and jumped up. I left a pack, a half or more pack of toasties there for the pigs to eat. I never did pick those back up and find them. Cat's on the move. I ended up just following her. I've still got just my my liner socks on. I don't even have thick socks on. I picked holly leaf 
thorns out of my foot the next night, but mm-hmm. or that night. But anyway, so we go. I don't know. We went probably a hundred yards, and we definitely saw the pigs. It was a large group of pigs. They would have probably run right over you had you stayed in the spot you were at. But again, we didn't know. And at some point, I realized Cat is on a mission. She is dialed in. She doesn't even know I'm anywhere. So I sent her a text on my phone and said, "I'm gonna go back. We dropped. We'd left everything. Our packs. Uh, I'd left." you know, articles of clothes, my, you know, my shirt, my jacket, everything was, so I go back to get all that stuff and cat continued on. Well, by the time I catch back up, I went back to where I'd, I'd left her and I'm trying to listen and I can still hear the pigs and I'm making my way around. Well, then all of a sudden I see cat and she is dead focused on something in front of her. And I turn my head and lo and behold, about 30 yards out, there's two pigs, and at this point, the wind had shifted, and they're staring right at her, and they caught her scent, and they tore off out of there. So she never got a shot. But it was it was pretty exciting there for about five to ten minutes. Um, and we ended up we hunted a little bit more, but we didn't we didn't see. Well, actually, we did. I'm sorry. There was another group of pigs that we had never seen. That a few minutes later, we we saw them and heard them take off out through the palmettos, but we never got a shot at those either. So. We had a very active Wednesday. Yeah, it was a great day for you guys. I just got to check the height of my boots in the water and find out it was uh, insufficient. And I did stock in on a really good-looking cypress stump. It it really did look like a a, a pig bedded down with its ear up. Yeah, I uh, covered about 100 yards on that one real sneaky. I, I thought I was going to get a shot. Uh, you could have shot uh, it. Yeah, no, that's about it. <laughs> uh, I actually found more of those than I care to admit. I uh, showed a couple of them to, to Cat over the, the course of the week because I'm the same way. I would see it through the palmettos, and it does, you know, they're, they're round and it's black, and it does look like a pig until you get really close to it. Um. We ended up going back to that same WMA Thursday, mm-hmm. um, and I I don't know how far I walked. I walked a long ways because I I wanted to get basically. I thought I'd walk to the end of this WMA. I found out later it really wasn't. Just the map was out of date. But uh, I was actually working through a section of pines. At this point, it, I I think it was like eighty three that day, but it felt like hundred and four in those oh, yeah. pines. And uh, our buddy Robert Carter called me on the phone and I didn't even, I didn't even attempt to not answer the phone. I just answered the phone and started talking to him. I'm like, I'm done. I'm headed out anyway. Um, but he was heading over, was going to, you know, sync up with us, which he tries to do every year. We're down there. And, um, I walked out and ran into you. And in the midst of getting to the truck, I get another text from Derek who informs me that he, John and Doug had decided to go scouting in Doug's truck and they're stuck. Not only are they stuck, they don't even know where they are. <laughs> so, <laughs> They'll never admit to that. They're sending GPS coordinates. RC says, I think I know where they're at. So he takes off after them. We were actually going to ride into uh, the, the biggest nearby town to get a, a toe strap or something. Cause at the time they were saying they didn't even have a, a strap. I didn't have one. Um, 
In the meantime, I get another text before we get too far from Derek saying they found the strap. They just need somebody to pull them out. So we went in the general direction we thought they were. We run back into RC. They're not where he thought they were at. And we pointed to one road and said, well, based on the coordinates, I think they must be down this road. And I think RC's words were... And I'm sorry, folks, it's Robert Carter. I call him RC because that was how, that's his, uh, that was his screen name on Trad Gang. And that's how I got to know him. So I always call him RC. So when I say RC, I'm talking about Robert Carter. But RC meets us coming back and says, well, they're not, they're not where I thought they were. And we pointed to another road and he said, well, (laughs) this place 30 years, I've never been down that road. So we we strike off down this road and we get to the point where I look down and I think I'm not going down there until I know that's where they're at because that looks pretty sketchy and the last thing I want to do is have two vehicles stuck. I mean, I am in a Ford. I really didn't have, think there was any chance I was going to get right. stuck, but <laughs> but announce a prevention. So Long story short, we finally convinced Derek to walk out to where we could see him to know that they were where we thought they were, and they were. And we ended up going down, and we, we managed to pull Doug out. Everybody was happy, and we I think we were actually back into hunting sooner than we had rig- originally planned. But Robert carried – who all was in that group? It was Derek, Doug, and John? I think that's it. I think that's right. Um and they all went. They all went hunting with RC. We went back uh, to where, pretty near where we were hunting that morning. And Tom gets into hogs, so I'm gonna let you chat for a minute, and I'm gonna drink coffee. So that evening, you and Cat were taken off to. We were gonna work basically two sides of a creek, uh, running through the WMA, and the other side had a little more territory. So you two went over there. And I took the near side. All good country. I've hunted a few times. Uh, just, you know, kind of get the wind right and try and walk quiet and fan out and find some pigs. Uh, the funniest thing is our one young hunter was bushed. I think the, the day had kind of wore him out. So he decided he was not going to go hunting this last, whatever, hour and a half of the day and put a camp chair up behind your tailgate and was going to relax. And I don't know, we might have been 45 minutes out and uh, finally look up, see some pigs, little black black spots in the middle of some palmettos out uh, in front of me. So I creep and stalk and check the wind and, you know, the the two most important hogs, the one you see and the one that sees you, I was trying to kind of keep them all uh, when they were nose down rooting uh, between, you know, cover between me and them and came up to a good spot and I I had a, a sow and I Everything felt right. I was going to have to shoot through a palmetto to get to her, no matter what I did. But I, I had a gap in the fawns, and I thought it was all good. Um, 
let the arrow go and it went a quarter of an inch underneath her like it it buried in the dirt underneath her and whatever happened like she was looking at it she didn't run like she blew everything went on alert but she didn't move her feet so I got the next arrow out I got it on the string I got back to full anchor I'm like okay apparently there is too low on a hog after all so I started pulling up just a little bit and right as I was about to let go she gave the uh the big and bolted apparently that noise spooked up a bunch of turkeys that were right there too and I crept up so they ran to the nearest bush and stopped and I could see the the palmetto settled and uh, so I just kind of give them a chance to calm down so I went over and I tried to uh, fish my arrow out of the leaf litter and I think one of them saw me doing that or, or something. The wind was good. It should have been fine. Wasn't really making any noise. And they bolted and they ran straight for the creek. So at some point, I'm chasing the pigs as quietly as I can. Wind is still good. And I start feeling text messages coming in to my chest harness where my binoculars are. Uh, my phone's in there. And apparently, I ran up on you guys. Uh, during that. Yeah, we were watching you for at least the last the last few minutes. Yeah. Because uh, we saw the turkeys first, and we, when we heard the pigs that you had, you had taken the shot at, we thought it was the turkeys, and you had spooked the turkeys. So we didn't even know it was pigs until we got back later. So. Are you texted us? You texted. Yeah. Us. So I chased them up and down out of the the creek a few times and splashed around a little bit, and. uh at that point, you know, we're, we're probably less than an hour of daylight left. Uh, There's they're somewhere between me and the truck, so I just start working my way backward uh, that direction. Apparently, they did not stop in the lowland. They ran right past our young hunter who was sitting on a chair next to the truck. And I'm... <laughs> I'm so disappointed that this learning lesson of, you know, you can't kill from the couch was wasted on the fact that we ran a sounder of hogs over him. And now he thinks he can just, you know, sit anywhere sit in the, the woods truck. and stuff will come to him. Um, but I think the rest of the night transpired without actually getting another uh, look at a pig. But it was exciting. Did get a shot off this year. That's the first time in three years. So, uh, when I take it back, I did get one shot in 2020. So, uh, but no shot last year. So, it was good to be back in the game. And it was the fourth day, and I finally saw a pig. So, I was happy. I was like, okay. I was in the zone. I dropped the ball. It's all on me. But at least I was there. So, that was a... Big improvement over the previous three days. So at this point, and then we're, I'll get to the, the wrap-up day. There's probably some other things we could talk about between there, but I just looked up at the time, and we're yeah. we're at that point where I said I really didn't want to go over, so I'll, I'll try to speed this up a little bit. But at this point, Camp Hambush goes to, to Georgia is is still not on the map. 
Um, True. Understanding that 2020 was bad and 2021 doesn't sound like it was not only was it not any better, but there was only a few of you even hunting in 2021. Yep. Um, so Friday kind of came and went, nothing spectacular. And, and the other thing I will say is we started losing, we started losing folks. So uh, Rick had to head back early. Yeah. Ryan had yeah. to head back early. Um, Doug had to leave out uh, a little early. So anyway, we, we were trailing. I would love to tell the story that we got um, that night uh, as we were driving back to the cabin and we find out that we've got a missing person. But I, as hilarious as that was, we'll save that for another time. Cool. Um, but anyway, so Saturday, I think Saturday morning it was down to just, we had four hunters left in camp, which the young hunter was just completely wiped out at this point. Yeah. And, and he decided to stay uh, in, in, at the cabin. Um, so it was me, you, Kat, and Derek. And we headed back to the, the same WNA that you and I had hunted on Monday. But there had been a section of that WMA that you had wanted to hunt since day one. And for whatever reason, we just never got around to it. So that was our, that was our target for, for the last day. Um, and we hit this section of woods and it is, it's, it's paralleling, um, uh, a fast moving body of water. And I'll leave it at that. Not giving away all our secrets, but anyway, um, we had a section that really the four of us could have hunted. Uh, we could have we could have fanned out. I love we keep saying that fanned out. We can't say where it's coming from, which is kind of funny. But um, we could have fanned out, and all four of us could have hunted that section of woods. It was wider than I originally thought it was, mm-hmm. um, but that's good. That's good for next next year. But you you kind of took the first section right next to the water. Um, cat was probably 150, 200 yards spread out from you. I was that far again to the, to the left of, of cat. And then Derek basically started hunting on a separate section of woods across a, a firebreak road. All of us hunting the same general direction. We were hunting to the south. Mm. Doesn't matter. Or I can't remember now. Anyway, doesn't matter. Yeah. East. Um, so we're moving through. It is, without a doubt, some of the best-looking pig country I think we saw the whole week. I mean, it just you look at this and you go, there's, there's pigs in here. It, it's just a matter of finding oh. them. Um, and we're working through this, and once again, every pig that I spotted last week except for one or a few, and I, I added it up, just the ones that I counted – I saw a total of 57, and I know there were some in there that I didn't count, and I know there were some other pigs that I know it was pigs, but I never actually put my eye on them. I could just see them running through the palmettos, and I know it's pigs, but I didn't count those because I didn't actually see them. But every pig that I spotted just about, I picked up with my binos first, and I, I picked up another group of pigs, and they were moving towards me. I learned my lesson this time. I didn't get in a big hurry and, and sprint. I just kind of started moving and getting in position. And they, and if, well, let me back up for real quick. I had actually spotted Cat, and because of the way the wind was blowing, I kind of just held up because I didn't want to get ahead of Cat. Because if I did, the scent, the wind, the way the wind was blowing, it would have blew out anything that was in front of her. So 
I just kind of stood there a bit. I let Cat get a little bit ahead of me, and then I, I picked up my, my steel hunt. And I didn't go a couple of steps, and I saw these pigs. And they're working their way directly towards me, so I, I found a really nice, I think it was a, a, a water oak, may have been a chestnut oak, I don't know. But I got up, I kind of hugged it next to that pretty close. And about five or six yards before they would have given me a shot, they all of a sudden went on alert and just took off running for no reason. The wind was in my face. The only thing I can think is maybe they got whiff of Derek, who would have been, you know, he would have been um, upwind of me. And they they didn't, like, really tear out. They just all of a sudden changed direction. You could tell something alerted them. So I watched them, and they weren't going fast, so I thought, you know what, I'm just going to fall in behind them. I was pretty sure I could get close to them again. And I started, I started hunting my way and I didn't go, I didn't go 15 feet and all of a sudden here they are, they're coming back. So I went ahead and found a good place to where I felt like, you know, it offered me a good bit of cover. If they kept on the same path, I was going to get a shot and they, they just steadily come in my way. Well, then out of the corner of my eye, I catch movement off to my right and there's another group of pigs that's coming in from the right side. So I'm sitting there, I've got my arrow knocked, I'm ready, these pigs are working their way across, and I've got a, a, a grilling-sized pig in front of me, and he's at 20 yards, he, she's at 20 yards. I know I've got a shot at it, but I've got a couple of bigger pigs that are working the same path, and I'm just sitting there going, as soon as one of those steps out, I'm taking a shot. And I'm holding my bow at about a half draw this whole time, and I'm just waiting, 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 and... A few feet before that pig will step out into the opening, I saw the white pig that was leading the second group off to my right. The wind kind of shifted and hit the side of my neck, and I saw her nose come up, and I said, it's either take the take the sure thing or you're probably not going to get another opportunity at these pigs. So I let fly, hit the, the grilling-sized pig in front of me, and the chaos commenced. That pig started squealing so loud. In fact, you heard that pig squealing, oh, yeah. and and I don't want to speak for you, Tom, but military service did not do your hearing any, any justice. And, <laughs> that and, puts it lightly. And you're 350, 400 yards away from me. Oh, yeah. And this thing is just, I mean, it's its loud. And I've got another arrow knocked. I'm ready to you know shoot again if I need to, but I can tell this pig is not going anywhere. It's just going to make a lot of noise. All of the other pigs are hauling butt directly towards you and Cat. I later find out that Cat is testing out crossing a small section of water that's between her and continuing on her uh, path. And she hears the pig squealing and the pig's coming and about slips and and falls into this murk and mud because I found where her foot slid later. Um. She sees pigs running everywhere, and she never got a shot off. They're continuing on towards you, and only you can tell what happened with you. So I'll, I'll stop and let you tell that while I'm getting another drink of coffee. So I can see the palmettos parting and the, uh, the river cane shaking. And, yeah, they're definitely coming at me. And it's very much like a situation two years ago where – one big black pig ran across a crossing in front of me like this one did. So the first one comes out, it's a big, beautiful black pig, uh, probably like 150 pounds ish. And it runs across the slough about 25, maybe 30 yards from me. 
Well, what happened two years ago is there was 12 of them and they were spaced out and they all took the exact same trail and they stopped on the other side of the crossing. And I didn't move quick enough two years ago to get a shot. So I'm like, okay, time to run. So I don't know how many of these pigs are coming, but uh, I pull an arrow out of my quiver. I've only got a couple steps to take. It's wide open. I'm, I can get right where I need to go to shoot. And I hear something and I turn around and I've got a little red hog with black spots, maybe 75 pounds. And it is full reverse coming straight at me, backpedaling, <laughs> trying to turn around. And uh, it's got this look in its eye like, oh no, I just screwed up. And when it came to the full stop, I didn't have the arrow on the string, so I couldn't shoot. And it was probably just a little farther that I could have poked it with the arrow itself or jumped on it. Uh, I don't know, maybe four feet away. Like I, And by the time I got the arrow on the string and had already, he was full tilt heading out. And, uh, and then I hear splashing back behind me the other direction, look back and the other big black hog ran through, but that was the last one that crossed. So two black ones passed to my right and I about got run over by the red one from the back. So yeah, I was close. Not close Tom, to shooting, you know, but I was close. You know that old saying, you can lead a horse to water. Man, I, all I can do is send them your way. I can't. <laughs> I was looking at that red one. I'm like, I think that's a little more than I'd want to handle by pouncing on it. So, yeah, got to let that one go. So, anyway, uh, my hog was down. Dressed it out. I field dressed it real quick. And uh, I was actually, I didn't I didn't tell about my, my fight with the with the one inch, well, I ain't one inch, my half inch vine the day before that I lost to the vine. But anyway, I was somewhat hobbled up my lower back, but I managed to get that, that hog field dressed and stuffed into my, uh, into my pack that I could actually, I was actually planning on continuing hunting, but then I ran into you and we, we ended up going back to the, back to the truck and getting the hog kind of squared away. So it would be good for the rest of the day of hunting and and we continued on i think cat and i ran into hogs one more time that day but nothing actually twice i had a yep. bunch got up in front of me um wind shifted again that that afternoon the wind was tough it it yep. it would blow one way and then the next and and i had those pigs that I saw them, cat heard them, didn't see them. And then there was another group of pigs that she saw, I heard them, but I didn't see them. Um, and we, we pretty much hunted. We didn't hunt till dark that day. I think we called it at around five o'clock just because I think everybody was. Well, we knew we had to butcher, whipped. we had to butcher up that hog and yep. pack up and everybody was leaving in the morning. So it was, it was, it was the end of day six. It was time. Didn't want to admit it, but you're right. Um, I would have, I would have gladly stayed another week if I could have, and I think some others would have as well. In fact, uh, there's a there's a protest right now to make this a two week two week deal next year, which I'm definitely not against. But I really don't know. For me, I think even if we make it two weeks, one week's really just going to be social. I don't think I'll be able to hunt. I think I'll, you know, 
uh, I'll have to work. But if we can figure out a way to get Wi-Fi, I'm I'm probably down for a two-week stint next year. We'll see what it brings. That's uh, that's the 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 barrier I think that a few of us have. So yeah, that was a great week. You know, and I I think if we were to like kind of tally it up, you said you saw 57 hogs, maybe 10 different sightings, two shots. Got one in the in the cooler. I would chalk that up as a good week. You know, I saw two groups of hogs, got one shot, missed. I wouldn't consider that a bad week of hunting uh, for spot stock, you know, public land um, hunting. I do feel like every year we do this, we're getting better at it, so... Well, and another, I won't, I won't mention names because they're not here to defend themselves, but, you know, another member of the party actually saw pigs that Thursday and got two shots off, but no mm-hmm. pigs were harmed in the making of this film. But, yeah. um, but you know, it was shots taken. That's, that's, that's half the battle, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, he's got 51 weeks to practice. That's exactly right. <laughs> now it's good, good, good time. I, I think, you know, just kind of, setting a good expectation for people if they want to, you know, do something like this. Uh, I've talked to people that do this in Georgia, Alabama, Mississippi, uh, chatted with one guy. I think he was in Arkansas or Missouri, uh, a lot of opportunity and it's a great time of year to be out. Picked up, I think every, almost everybody got ticks. Uh, I don't remember anybody seeing the snake other than that one black racer. Uh, first year I haven't, seen a gator i thought that was kind of weird but not a bad time to be out well it was really cold except for those two days so i don't know that those two days warmed the water up enough for for gators to to move around i sure hope not because i sure was walking through some pretty deep water one one day actually stripped down to my underwear to cross some water so i'm glad to i'm glad the gator stayed holed up well while we were hunting on this wma or these WMAs. Uh, there were some other Michigan longbow fellows that were hunting Fort Stewart, and one of them saw a gator while we were, whatever, some some number of miles nearby. So did they have any luck with pigs? They did not see any. I think there were four of them in camp over there on Fort Stewart. Gotcha. Well, I look. I've never hunted Fort Stewart, so I'm looking forward to that. I know Jason spent a good bit of time on it. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward as much to getting out and hunting a couple of days with Jason as I am hunting Fort Stewart. But I am looking forward to that. And, and again, I'm looking forward to going back down and hunting, um, hunting the area that we were hunting during turkey season. You know, come April. Um, Saw a lot of birds. Could be good. I'm not going. I'm not going to turkey hunt, but yes, we did see a bunch of birds, but I, I don't care anything about turkey hunting. I'd rather hunt pigs. So, um, you got the tag in your pocket. I do. I, if opportunity presents, I will let fly, you know that, but, but I will be hunting pigs. Right. It'll be more of a, it'll be more of a pig hunt and a turkey would just be a, uh, an opportunity situation for me. So, but, uh, anyway, I'm planning on having some more recon under my belt before, Camp Hambush 2023. So. Sounds good. 
Well, buddy, I appreciate you joining me for this. Anything you would you would add nah. before we wrap up? All good. Good deal. Well, everyone, thanks for tuning in. We hope you've enjoyed it, and we will be back with another episode for you very soon. Take care, all. Thank you.